0: Welcome to Beside the Burn for Wednesday the 3rd of May. We are reading through the book of Acts. We're only going to uh, initially look at the opening couple of chapters of the book of Acts, but hopefully we'll come back to it again in the future. And today, Wednesday, day three, we have reached verse three of chapter one. Luke has been telling Theophilus in the introduction to his book that he has been writing about all that Jesus began to do and to teach. And now he's describing what has happened at the end of the gospel so that he sets the scene and then can launch into this part two of the story. So let's read verse three. After his suffering... He presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. So what do we learn in verse 3? Well, we learn about the conclusion to the gospel. It is all about Jesus' suffering. And we have read the accounts of how he suffered and how he died, how he was buried, but then also how he rose again. And today in this verse 3, we have once again eyewitness accounts and proofs that Jesus is alive. And again, that reminds us and helps us to understand that we are not blindly trusting in a fairy tale, but we are trusting in something that has been tested, that people have looked into, that people have discovered is trustworthy and true. So what proof do we have that Jesus, who was hung on a cross who died and was buried in the tomb of Joseph of Arimathea, what proof do we have that he actually rose from the dead? Surely it was the disciples who came and stole the body and pushed away the guards and have perpetuated this myth. But that's not the case because the disciples were not expecting it to happen. They couldn't organize themselves to steal a body at that time. We've also got to remember the accounts that we heard of the angel appearing, of how the guards became like dead men and froze and did nothing to try and protect the tomb. But here, Luke reminds us, that he has researched this. He's looked into it. He's asked people who were there and he has written down the account of how Jesus again presented himself to many people so that they could witness the truth of the resurrection. He presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. Now, one appearance would have been enough. One appearance would have shocked anyone that was there. But Jesus didn't limit himself to just one appearance. There are many convincing proofs that he was alive. And he didn't just do it for one day after the resurrection and then disappear. No, he appeared to them over a period of 40 days. And whenever we hear 40 days, we immediately begin to think of other Bible stories. We've got not 40 days, but 40 years of wandering in the wilderness, of how the Israelites sinned against God, And therefore, they were subjected to wandering in the wilderness for these 40 years before they could go into the promised land. We think of Noah in the ark and how it rained for 40 days and 40 nights. And yet God protected Noah and his family, and saved them when the rest of the world was destroyed. We then also think about the uh, 40 days of fasting that Jesus endured before he was tempted by Satan. And what we find is that Jesus appeared over a period of 40 days, that this almost reverses, as it were, the fasting in the wilderness. Because during these 40 days, Jesus does not fast. Indeed, he asks for food on a few occasions so that he can display to his disciples that he has risen, that he is not just A figment of their imagination, but he is truly alive. And so, over a period of 40 days, it's harder to fake this because those who had seen Jesus tell others, then Jesus appears to them and they are amazed at what they see. They've been warned that Jesus is alive. And whatever they expected him to be like, they realised when they met the risen Saviour that this truly is Jesus, raised from the dead, resurrected. And as Jesus appeared to them, he spoke about something very specific. He spoke about the kingdom of God. And that is a phrase that's important to look at. As he writes here, because uh, on Sunday coming, just after the coronation of King Charles III, we are going to be looking at the next few verses and what they have to say about the kingdom of God. And we're going to look at the kingdom of King Charles, an earthly kingdom with the kingdom of Jesus Christ. And we're going to discover that the kingdom of Jesus is so special, is so unlike any earthly kingdom. It's a kingdom that stands out on its own. It's a kingdom that shows others the purity of Jesus Christ. And it is a kingdom that outlasts and outshines any earthly kingdom so we have this wonderful privilege of being able to come into the presence of the king and to speak to him as though we were face to face and that is an incredible privilege so let's bow together in prayer Lord Jesus, we give you thanks today. We give you thanks for your kingdom. And Lord, we long to be part of your kingdom. And we know, Lord, that you call those who are weak into your kingdom. You call those who are poor into your kingdom. You call those who have no discernible gifts or talents into your kingdom to serve you. And therefore, Lord, we trust in this witness account of how you appeared for 40 days to many individuals. Oh, Lord, thank you for helping us believe. And we pray, Lord, that you would continue day by day to show us the way that we can put our trust in you and rely upon you.